As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast, where we're helping leaders succeed in relationships work, community, and life. I get the distinct pleasure today to have Jackie Bledsoe join us for this episode. Jackie is the CEO of JBSB. Jackie is a best-selling author and speaker that I've had the distinct pleasure of getting to know. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. So Jackie and I had the opportunity to meet multiple years ago, probably three, four years ago, at an All-Pro-Dad leadership conference. All-Pro-Dads actually invites both the team captains as well as their spouse and significant other to join them at that conference. And I got to meet Jackie and Stefana at that particular conference. And one of the things that I immediately felt was the love they had for each other and the love for they had for the people around them which led me to, before I even went to the next session of the conference, I got on and bought a copy of Seven Rings of Marriage. Awesome. So we're going to spend time today for our listeners on this relationships piece and on living life well that will both be addressed, not just for those that are married, but for also for those that are single and how you can connect with relationships, both in your workplace and to be frank, in your personal lives where we see a significant gap and void. So Jackie, can you share a little bit what led to the journey of writing Seven Rings of Marriage and what do you hope people are getting out of this book? Yeah, one of the biggest things that we see and what we hoped uh, when we started to share our story to help other couples is that, you know, couples at some point, they lose hope sometimes in their marriage. And we wanted to be able to share some ups and downs that we've gone through and just reinstill that hope that, Yes, we can make it in our marriage. This is not the entire season. Our marriage will not be like this rough season that we're in right now. And we can grow from there. And, and that was one of the biggest things And it. You know, it was nothing that I set out intentionally to say, hey, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a marriage book. We're going to start a marriage ministry, any of that. It was just uh, one thing led to the next. We realized that we had gone through some things in our marriage and just felt that God was saying the challenges that you went through were not just for you, but you can share that and you can use what you learn from that to help other couples. And so way back before we even were in this, we were doing things related to marriage ministry that we had no idea we were even doing. So Mm. full circle, here we are now. That's wonderful. And I'd say from life experiences, I love the comment you just made that, you know, the Lord spoke to you and said, I didn't just take you through what I took you through for just you, but how can you use that in what I would say is ring number seven in mentoring Um, How can I use that to bless others and help people go through tough times and also experience the journeys of enjoying the great times and bringing out the best in others? Yeah, that was a huge thing for us. For those that aren't familiar with our story, we've had pretty much every challenge you can experience in marriage. Uh, One of the biggest ones was financially, which led to us being homeless as a family. And that was rough. And, you know, there was a point in our marriage where we were just like, okay, we just got to get this problem solved, whatever we were dealing with, whether it was intimacy, communication, just not connecting or the financial issues with that led to the homelessness. We just thought if we can get through there, we're good. 
And then our whole focus was on trying to solve our problems. And that revelation, just receiving that from God is just like, okay, look, <laughs> don't focus so much on getting through it for you, but this is intentional. So you may get through this and something else may come, but it is all part of my intention. So that way I can show you my grace through your marriage. And then you can share that same grace with other people and experiences with other people who may be in the same situation that you're in now. Mm. That's wonderful. So one of the aspects that I really took away from the conference that you and I attended and had some reflection on, I had previously attended a conference called the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Conference up in Queens, New York, New Life with Pete Scazzaro. And I took away from that whole journey of you invest in yourselves as a leader professionally. How much are you investing in your relationship at home and your relationships in the world. And in episode 15, we talked to Chris Painter about the experience of going to a executive retreat, five-day intensive in Center for Creative Leadership and their leadership at the PEAK program. And in fact, you go into that assessment and they look at all aspects of your life. And one of the main things that he walked out of and took away from was, you know, when was the last time I had breakfast with my kids? When was the last time I, and because I've allowed my job to consume me, I'm giving my leftovers to everyone else. And I was hit personally that, you know, when were Amber and I, my wife, when did I take the time and put money aside, do a marriage retreat? And what am I doing to work on our, we talk about business strategy, talent strategy, diversity and inclusion strategies. What are you doing for your marriage strategy? And what are you doing to elevate your marriage game? And I love some of the work that Jackie has put together. In fact, I've walked many of couple through this book, through their Bible study program that they've led and just life altering experiences. Most people don't think about having a strategy for your marriage. We think about waking up every day and going to work and coming and doing some fun things with family and spouse, but I think we lose track of how important we're called to invest in those closest to us and how important that ministry is and that opportunity is. Can you walk us, Jackie, a little bit through the building your marriage success plan? Can you share some thoughts around the concepts of the marriage success plan? Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is what you just said is that we have a plan to grow and get better in all aspects of our lives, but we don't often do that in our marriage first and then also in in our family. So I think that's the biggest thing is just being aware that we need to attack this the same way we do everything else. If we're going to get better, if we're going to improve, if we're going to grow closer, then we need to have a plan. What is that plan? And that has to be, and then we have to be intentional following that. You know, one of the biggest things, one of my big eye openers. Several years ago, we were in a different business and it's long, probably 15, 20 years ago almost. And my mentor in that business who I was following really, really closely, I noticed that he didn't have that connection with his family. And I noticed the amount of time he spent in the office and away from home. And that was always a big pull on me. I was like, man, I can't do that. You know, I don't want to go through that. So I realized that no matter what we do, we want, I want to make sure that I am not doing that first and then saying family gets the leftovers, like you said. So that shaped me a lot as far as making sure that whatever I do, it's geared towards how do I have more time with my family? How do I be more intentional with my family? I shared a stat. I don't know if I wrote it on All Pro Dad or my site where it was. And it just knocked me, you know, hit me. It was a gut punch. I think it was either 14 or 17 seconds. They said that most dads spend 14 or 17 seconds of intentional time talking to their kids on a daily basis. 
That's like having a one-on-one conversation where they're really listening and paying attention and engaging that conversation. 14 or 17 seconds. I don't remember which one it was. Mm. That was like, wow. So I started to think like, man, is that me? And it was me because yes, I had conversation. Yes, we did stuff. You know, I got my baseball hat on now because we got a baseball game today I'm coaching. Mm. But how much time did I really spend just sitting down and just receiving and sharing and pouring into and then hearing what's on our kid's heart? And I Mm. couldn't say I was better than any of those dads. So it hurt me. Winning at work, is great, you know, and that's exciting and it's celebrated, but, you know, winning at home is most fulfilling and I would say most important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate it, Jackie, from the journey that you and Stefana have shared so openly to really, you know, as a leader, as a business leader and moving into running a family business and taking on more responsibility really took me to step back and make sure I'm building the team that allows me to do my best at home and in my personal life versus so many people get so far out in front of their skis that it takes a devastating experience, whether that's health or divorce or separation or to really lean into and get proactive help. You know, we talk a lot about every athlete has a coach, whether you're mediocre or outstanding, every leader should too. And I would argue that every couple should as well, having those mentors and people around them. And I thank you for being one of those in my life and giving me the opportunity to even share this with other couples that we interact with. Yeah. Can you walk through a little bit about, I mean, do you recommend people actually spend time and talk through goals and aspirations and targets and visions for their marriages? Yeah, definitely. You can't just drift through, I think it was Michael Hyatt on our interview said, you can't drift into a great marriage. So if you don't have a plan, if you don't have goals, then you're not going to drift and reach where you want to. And then at the same time, you have to come together because maybe a husband's goal is, is to do something in this realm and it doesn't really contribute to the family or it doesn't have wife on board and vice versa. So come together on those goals and come together on, you know, whatever aspirations you have in that plan, you got to sit down and put it together. I mean, just the word intentional continues to come up and the same intentionality that we use to reach financial goals professional goals, like you said, professional athletes, their goals, any professional thing that we do, we set those goals and we're intentionally taking steps to get there. Mm -hmm. Same thing in our marriage, you know, maybe, and that includes not just, okay, we want to own a house in this neighborhood together, but that includes, we want to be great at communication. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be able to share to what we call, have truth and love conversations Mm -hmm. where we're sharing the truth, even though it may not be what the spouse wants to hear, but we're doing it in a way that they can receive it because we're doing it with love instead of beating them down with it, things like that. But it's just an intentionality that we have to have if we want to have a marriage that's lasting and a marriage that is fulfilling, which I believe that's everybody's goal when we say I do. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I love the approach that you design that you have in the book with discovering and the constant learning of each other, right? So I would relate with our listeners. We talk a lot about knowing your team, and knowing their strengths and their weaknesses and creating meaningful work and understanding individuals' personal purpose, not just your corporate purpose. And that's the same aspect here of discovering for those that are in your personal life, whether that be your spouse or your children or you know, could be your siblings or your in-laws or your friends. How much time do we spend investing and in getting to know the people around us so well that they know we truly value them and care for them and can help them bring out the best in themselves. 
Yeah, definitely. I say you want to be a lifelong learner of your spouse. But like you said, you want to be a lifelong learner, not just of your spouse, but of your kids and all those key relationships. My goal is to have a PhD in Stefana, to know her and study her like nothing else that I've ever known or studied. And that's crucial for us to do that. But the discovering really, you know, when you first are married and you're first coming together, a lot of that discovering happens unintentional. And sometimes the things you discover aren't too flattering. But the gold in that and the discovering is to be intentional about making sure that you are continuing to pay attention and study. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big app person. I use Evernote. And so I use, have an Evernote tag for Stefana, you know, and things that I learn about her that I will probably forget later. <laughs> I put them in there, whether that be gift ideas, whether that be sizes or just something unique that I learned. So not that I'm not paying attention to her, but we all have so many things and so many distractions that we don't retain, I think, as much as we used to. So it's good to have a fallback in those situations. Plus, it's just another way of being intentional by your spouse. How many times have you been in someone's like, man, I would like to do, my, Stefana's love language is gift receiving. So like, man, I would love to do something for her. What is she like? What does she mention? Now mm-hmm. I can pull up the little list, find it and grab it. And I know I've hit the mark because that's something that she's spoken herself. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And then you go into persevering. I love the concept of preparing, prepare for the storms, right? So the more you're investing in one another along the way, the more storms you can weather through. And I know the quote you use in the book that more marriages might survive if the partners realize that sometimes the better comes after the worse by Doug Larson. Can you share a couple of aspects there for our listeners on the persevering and preparing for the storms and what that ultimately has meant to you? Yeah, we were kind of shocked, I guess I would say. We were just unaware of what to expect. And so that's big on our hearts because when we would go into challenges that required us to persevere, we were like, man, I did not think marriage was going to be like this. And we would get this mindset that this is the way our marriage is and will always be. So the persevering, one guy, we were out of speaking at a conference. He said, you forgot one ring. And I was like, yeah, what ring? He said, the suffering. And so he was saying that in jest, but you know, we did not put the suffering in there because yes, there is maybe some suffering in marriage, but we wanted to keep our eyes moving forward and our hearts moving forward. So that persevering, you're moving forward into what's coming next, but it's a crucial part. And as you go through that, I mean, you know, for my Bible readers, you know that God uses those people who have been broken or have been gone through something or have, have experienced something that is hard or feel like they can't continue to go. That's where you get the real use out of your life and your relationship and things like that. So just continue to move forward. Expect it. One guy told me, he's like, as a pastor at a conference we were speaking at, and he said, most people don't realize that they agree to worse in their marriage because most vows are for better or for worse. We agree to all that, but we only hear the for better. Mm. But we are also saying, I agree and I expect worse, mm. but we forget <laughs> once we get married. So knowing that and knowing that when it comes, that's not the end of your marriage. It's not time to call it quits, but it is something that is going to have the opportunity to grow you and grow you closer together. Mm. That's wonderful. There's a comment. I remember when we were going through our study the dynamic of drawing a line in the sand and saying no to divorce. And again, for those who have been divorced that are listening, we hope this is an encouragement for you and your future relationships. I was meeting recently, Jackie, with a gentleman who's a great-grandfather that's involved in one of our All Pro Dad chapters. And his comment was, if I had been receiving the play of the day 40, 50 years ago, I would have never have gotten a divorce. 
This has mm. been so encouraging to me to stay in the game and to love well and to learn well and to lead well in my personal life. And today I'm taking a stance. He actually said this. We were at a Reds game with a group of our all-pro dads and their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. And he said, when I really reflected, I'm taking a stance today to make sure that everyone around me knows that you can say no to divorce and yes to investing in and wrestling through, struggling through the worst times to be the best version of yourself, both personally and in your marriage. And, you know, I think it's no different than some leaders. You know, I believe that there are leaders who get put in tough positions and think they need to flee. And maybe, just maybe, the Lord put them in that tough position to be a light in the tough position and to show people how they wrestle through change and challenge and obligations and not give up on the people around them and their teams. Yeah, that gave me goosebumps when you said that about him saying, if I had the play of the day email 30, 40 years ago, whatever, he would not be divorced. That, that's a big deal. It almost uh, brought me to tears. Well. It almost brought yeah. me to tears. <laughs> that, you know, sometimes just as leaders, we forget how valuable the work that we do is. Like you said, someone who doesn't draw on a line and saying as a leader, it's like maybe you are going through that so you can be that light. But that is that thought that we have to read, that thing that we have to remind ourselves of is like, what I'm doing is valuable. Somebody needs this. And God called me to this time right now to do this. And that is sometimes what can take us over the hump of, man, I want to quit. I want to throw in the towel because what I do online and, and the ups and downs that we've gone through, there've been plenty of times where I want to throw in the towel or things didn't work or I thought it would or it wasn't received as the way I thought it would. I'm like, man, but then that reminder, that still small voice is like, what you're doing is important. And sometimes for me, it comes through another person who shares a comment or I get an email or we get a comment on social media. But there are some times, you know, as a leader and then being able to influence people that you're like, is it worth it? Because mm. nobody sees the behind the scenes and the struggles and all the different things that didn't work out. They see the pretty side, just like social media today. Most of the time that what you see on there is what people have filtered and cleaned up and posed for and staged. So it looks good, but there's some stuff behind the scenes that is challenging. But the work that we're doing, our leadership is very, very important and somebody needs it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's an area, Jackie, that you two are leading in that not many have led in, right? I know pump, creating great content that talks about persevering through change and challenge and struggles, people being transparent about that. You know, again, the to our listener that most of our audience, Jackie, are executives, business owners, leaders who are trying to lead high-performing teams. And if we can bring that same energy to our relationships and invest in and bring that same creative strategy and what is my performance plan and how do I get better and who do I surround myself with, not just from a coach and mentor professionally, but who are the mentoring relationships in our life that we can look to and ask questions and when things are we're struggling, who do we turn to? And all of us have the opportunity to have those, but most people, we've never invested in this conversation and we've never identified that we can have those in our personal lives. We always think our business life and that's the real opportunity today. I felt so compelled to have this conversation because we want to help people succeed in their relationships. And whether that's personal or professional, your relationships matter and your life matters. 
We want yep. you to succeed in life. We want to reframe what success in leadership looks like. And just imagine if organizations were taking a step and helping the people around them succeed, not just at work, but in their personal lives. And this is yep. another component of that that is somewhat, you know, one of those areas that people don't touch as much. And somebody needs to touch it. So we hope our listeners are really taking some great value away and will take the resources and go invest in seven rings of marriage. You know, go spend time with this and dig through it. And I think you'll actually, you'll one, get to know Jackie and Stefana very well because of how transparent you all are in this. But you'll also learn so much from their experiences like a mentor for marriage. Yeah, mentoring has been game-changing, marriage-changing, life-changing for us. And we've been blessed to have a marriage mentor. It's not been the same marriage mentor couple every season, but a marriage mentor couple in our lives pretty much since after we hit about our one-year anniversary. And that first time, it was kind of accidental. We signed up for a marriage class at our church, kind of connected with the couple that was teaching it. They must have saw something in us, and they were there for us, counseling, listening, whatever was necessary. We could go to them and learn from them. Plus, what they taught us in that class was foundational on what we the way we operate in our marriage and even what we teach today. Then another season came and it was another marriage mentor. And those marriage mentors don't have to be someone you can always go see and have lunch with. Currently, our marriage mentors live in Denver, Colorado. Their anniversary is actually today there. I think it was 1985, whatever 1985 was that, 33 years in marriage. Their anniversary is actually today that we're recording this. So I sent a message to them. But I mean, there have been times where we've been struggling, especially in what we do. Not everybody... We can't go and talk to everybody about our marriage challenges because of what we do as, as in yeah. a marriage ministry. One, everybody may not understand. Two, everybody may have this picture that we're perfect and we're not, and that could jeopardize that relationship. So there are some people that understand the pressures, the challenges, and they are one of those couples. But without them, I mean, pick up a phone, send a text, boom, Stefano or myself, whoever it is, and there's a call or, or text coming back immediately. You need those people in your relationship that are there as a lifeline, but are there also just as that coach and guides like, hey, you might watch this or here's something that you may look at that we may not be considering or even know what's coming on the horizon. So mm-hmm. I strongly, strongly encourage being prayerful about the couples that you're already surrounding and, and allowing God to bring someone in the relationship with you that you can trust with your marriage. I mean, not just go to get, but also be a blessing to them as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. Can you share a little bit of the analogy of the tandem bike? Uh, Do you you mind sharing that with the audience, what I'm bringing up? Yeah, yeah. First date night, we encourage weekly date nights. We were part of a small group and we ended the small group with the date night. And we, all of us couples, I don't know how many there were, were taken downtown Indianapolis to ride tandem bikes. So for those that, I don't know, other people may call it something different, but a tandem bike is uh, where you've got person in the front, person in the back on the same bike. You're both pedaling. Person in front of, of course, is the guide. Well, we did that at the end of that supposed to be celebration of our small group session for that time period. And it was not what Stefana and I thought it would be. <laughs> First, it challenged us. And so I will say that. Here's my disclaimer. If you haven't been and you're on rocky ground in your marriage, watch out for tandem bike riding because it will challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you say in the book, make sure you bring your counselor with you. Yes. <laughs> So here we are riding and just a little bit more about Stefan and myself. She is like the physical risk taker, zip liner, roller coaster rider. And I'm the one that's like, ah, we don't need to ride roller coaster. We don't need to do that. Let's play it safe. So I'm in the front of the tandem bike. She's in the back and I'm not going as fast as she wants me to go <laughs> because I'm seeing all kinds of obstacles in front. So as she's trying to tell me to go faster and wants to see where we're going, she leans one way. 
And if you're on a tandem bike, if the person in the back or front leans one way, the bike goes that way. So I have to lean the other way. <laughs> and we go back and forth about this the whole time. And she's mad at me because I'm not going fast enough. I'm like, we need to slow down because she doesn't see the little kid walking, the dog, the water here, the brick wall over here, the corner over there. And by the time we got done, we were just in this heated argument and discussion. And then we were not happy with each other. Mm. And then we got back with the group and the group, nobody else is having those problems that we are. So we're like, what is going on? So a couple things that happened is uh, everybody else in the group switched places during the middle of their ride. So they got to see the other perspective of the mm. other person, which helped them to understand what was going on before. And two, they communicated more. As me, as the leader, I wasn't communicating with her what was going on in front of me. Mm. I just was like, we need to slow down and you need to stop leaning the other way so we don't fall off this bike mm. into the water. <laughs> but we learned that lesson that one, we got to see our spouse, see things from their perspective as best we can. I mean, when we can't, we got to communicate. But it was a challenge that ended up being fun. And now it's the thing that we talk about when we go speak and things like that. It's funny. But it brought some real life things to light in our marriage that were probably, we were challenged with in our marriage at the time, not just on that tandem bike. Mm. That's a great. The uh, thought process, and just for our listeners, we may even provide this in our show notes, that it can be madness, <laughs> that it can also be wonderful, right? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, learning that you don't quit when it gets rough, because if you stop pedaling, right, disaster could happen. You mentioned the communication and that we need to be in sync. And once you get in communication and once you get in sync, how also how much fun it can be, yeah. right? So you can love to ride if we're in sync and we're communicating and we're speaking the truth in love and we're having good engagement. And I think you frame up that section. It reflected and helped you understand that marriage is the bomb and should be the bomb and we need to treat it like such. Definitely, definitely. That's wonderful. Are there a couple of aspects that we can leave with our listeners you know, if somebody is saying, you know what, okay, so I hear this. And again, Jackie, I meet with leaders and ask them, okay, you're asking me some great questions about where you want to go and what your next goal is. And how do you go from VP to C-suite and you're in the C-suite and it isn't exactly what you expected. So drawing some similarity there that, you know, you move into a relationship, into a marriage, and it isn't quite what you expected. And are there a couple of areas that you might suggest our listeners, if they say, you know what, I'll pick up the book or I'll take some key nuggets away from this conversation, what are a few things you would recommend they do to start? Where can they start moving towards the path to success in marriage? Yeah, yeah. The engagement ring, even if, you know, people think you hear the engagement ring, that's the first ring in the seven rings of marriage, but really the engagement ring is the foundation of your marriage. And that foundation has to be built on solid ground, on a rock. There's an analogy in the Bible about a man who built his house on a rock and a man who built it on sandy ground. Storm hit, which is expected. The man on the rock's house was still standing. The other man's was not. They built it on sand. And the biggest difference in them is one heard the word, heard what he received, and he actually did something about it. He acted on it. So that is the biggest thing is to make sure your foundation is set. And I know, yeah, we may be, oh, we go to church, we do those things, but there's some foundational things that you need to do at home. And I think that's the biggest place to start is there is what is your prayer life like individually, but also with your spouse. That is crucial that we have to truly have that foundation that not only are we church goers and religiously show up on Sunday, but we are really engaging in a conversation with Christ, with God on our behalf and our spouse's behalf. I and mean, even reading, we 
devotions is a big time for us. We were having a hard time getting all together, but just crazy schedules and stuff. So we just committed recently to saying, okay, we'll go back to everybody. Now everybody in our house is a reader, even our kids, or even our youngest who's now eight. He's been reading for a few years now, but it's great that he can read anything that we give him. So uh, we're all reading the Proverbs every day, whatever day of the month it is. And then at night, we're discussing that. Which verse stood out to you when you read it? And how did that apply to your day or, or your life, whatever? So I think the foundation is crucial. So no matter where you are in your marriage, look at your foundation. Are you committing to time in prayer? Are you committing to time to serving together, time in reading and discussing? Two is, this is something that we, simple thing that we do. And we ask couples to spend 15 minutes every single day alone together. No phones, no distractions, no kids, whatever it is. Just get that uninterrupted 15 minutes consistently every day and see how your conversations go, see how your relationship flows from that. And two things like that, that is great. And then also I would say for those that have the book or considering getting the book, find out where you are in the seven rings of marriage. Because that's the biggest thing. If you're trying to go somewhere, you got to know where you are. I can't map myself to go somewhere if I don't know exactly where I'm going from. When I put my GPS and I'm trying to go somewhere, it maps where I am right now. It's not going to map me from Cincinnati. (laughs) Um, It's going to take me from Indianapolis. So where are you right now in your marriage? Use the seven rings to discover that and then take the next steps to continue going to the next ring and the next ring. And so on. So that way you can continue to grow because that's the purpose of the seven rings of marriage is not to be stuck in this one area, but to continue to grow in your marriage. And that path that we've laid out gives you the idea, the visualization of here's where we can go and here's where we want to want to be. Yeah. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just focus in on this. In the book, Seven Rings of Marriage, there's an actual assessment tool in the book. So you can go through and actually assess where you are. And I love that you all designed it that way because, again, knowing where you are, beginning with the end in mind, understanding the design and charting the way, very similar to how we might look at our own personal 360 or any other assessments. And we talk about, you know, self-knowledge, self-discovery is critical in leadership. And how am I coming across? And where are we at? You don't have to guess, right? This takes out some of that guesswork to really focus on creating healthy relationships and the focus of starting with you. So when you go through that assessment, don't judge where where your spouse evaluate the relationship, even though that can be very, very hard. You know, you think you're all the way at mentoring and we're like, well, I think we're persevering, right? Right. But, you know, I think the similarity might be just a healthy, and again, you do a great job of walking through, helping people through that, right? So I know when we've went through this book with other leaders or other friends, don't focus. And again, I mentioned to the listeners, we have recommended based on people that have come to us and said, you know, I really need help in my next step of my career because my marriage is failing, because I haven't seen my kids in the last 12 years. And as I've continued to climb and I'm on the plane more and more. So people do have that conversation. And this is a resource that I actually keep extra copies of because, Mm -hmm. hey, start here. You know, here's a good basic book that's very simplified and is a great place to start to go through some personal assessment and spending time to design the end in mind, creating vision and strategy. All of those exercises and resources are in this book. So Jackie, I want to thank you for leading well in a space that not many invest in. And I also am so thankful that the Lord called you and Stefana into this space and walked you through what he has walked you through and that you've been a good listener and not given up. 
and work through and got the right mentors to surround you and that he led the right people in your path to really help you bless millions of people, hopefully not just in the United States, but around the world. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. One of my favorite scriptures is he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And that is so true because it has been, you know, tumbling to be able to share your story and see other people impacted by it. But it's so fulfilling for us as well, just to see lives change, marriages changed, families changed. And, you know, I would say generations can change based on what a husband and wife do today. So thank you for allowing me to share. I love getting a chance to talk to you. And since we met, I've kind of watched your story too. So you guys are doing some amazing things. So it's a privilege. Thank you so much, Jackie. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. A toxic work culture can be costlier than you can imagine, but hard to identify. Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash toxic culture to learn seven signs that there's something you need to fix in your workplace. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.